On this week's episode of Where We Are, we'll discuss the first Republican debate of the 2024 presidential campaign. We're looking forward to it. You're listening to Where We Are. This is Where We Are. We are the Where's. I'm Michael. I'm Melissa. Melissa. We, we, we made it to debate season. We'll talk about the debate on this episode. Uh, but first, I want to check in with you. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. You're doing fine. Yeah, it is good to be to the weekend. Yeah, it's very good to be the weekend. Our toddlers are toddlering too hard right now. No, we have we, we need Saoirse to exit toddlerdom very quickly because Alaria is built an empire. <laughs> she is coming into toddlerdom full speed ahead. Yeah. They're giving me a rent for my money. I took them on a day trip to Lancaster. I don't apparently they pronounce it differently there, Pennsylvania. And I used to be able to take my kids on day trips all the time and you know, don't expect anything to be perfect when you have um two kids in tow, but Oh boy, I'm going to have to avoid doing day trips with just myself, even though I had a couple friends with me, but I can't expect them to obviously mind my children. Uh, I think I'll be pausing for a while. No, and we, we had to do that. Remember, we did a pause of restaurants. Well, because the pandemic Searsha. hit as no, well. Well, no, but we did a pause on restaurants because Sears yeah. just well, kind of unruly. For, yes. for a while. Um how are you, Michael? Uh, surprise mail day. Got yeah. uh, the the ARCs, the advanced reader copies of of the spirit of our politics. So the first time I've heard of uh, the first time I've held a physical version of the book. So that was cool. Yeah, they came out of nowhere. You opened it up and you started giggling. And I was like, what did you receive? Was, was that what giggling was my... Yeah, you, yeah, you was, opened up and chuckling. You were chuckling to yourself. You're very happy. <laughs> You're a happy boy. Let let the let the record know it was a chuckle, not a okay, giggle. Okay, chuckles. Um, but yeah, that was great. It's very pretty. It's very pretty. It's very bright. Very art deco. Yeah. Very art deco. I love it. And uh, the only other thing, update on my end, is that we still have our subscriber drive going over at whereweare.substack.com. If you are not a paying subscriber, we are trying to get 50 new subscribers. We have a little bit over 20 right now, which has been fantastic. So for those of you who have joined us in that way, thank you so much. We're really grateful. And if you listen to this podcast a lot or you you know, you know read uh, the free posts in our Substack and... You have the margin. We would really appreciate if you'd consider supporting us in that way. So whereweare.substack.com. Help us to get to our goal. Yeah. We like to achieve goals that we set, and we set a goal. We'd like to achieve it. Yes, please. Um, no, it would be it would be uh, very helpful. So we, we appreciate it. Uh, our subscribers, our, paid, uh, our paying subscribers, are what uh, allows us to do... This work, yes, um, and and so uh, especially as we head into deeper into the presidential campaign season, which is going to require more work. <laughs> uh, uh, we appreciate you joining the community in that way. Uh, but we're glad you're here. 
regardless, we're we're happy just to have your ears uh, and and your attention. And what had our attention this week? Transition. The debat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you just said that. Like that. I don't know why either. But this cannot be something that continues. The debate. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I say Timothée Chalamet. Sorry. <laughs> anyways, okay. anyways, uh, they kicked off. We know the GOP front runner, former President Donald J. Trump, was not there. Mm-hmm. He didn't show up. Although, right, this is what a coup. What. So everyone at the debate had to sign a a commitment, had to sign a pledge that they'd vote the eventual, they'd support the eventual nominee of the Republican Party, which is the guy they're all running against, who's 40 points ahead of all of them. Uh, And then that guy doesn't even show up to the debate, which means, among other things, I mean, A, he he didn't have to be uh, tested in that way. Uh, B, he, he didn't have to sign the pledge. And so what a what a what a sham for these these candidates. All of them had to sign, conceding that if Trump won, they'd support him. Uh, then Trump doesn't even have to concede the same. He gets to he gets to have that. So I don't know how how sustainable or or just how likely it is uh, that he'll continue sitting out these debates. Um, but I'd say not much from how that first debate played out would have me thinking, uh, oh gosh, I made a mistake. I, I I better be there. Now what'll what'll be interesting though is. I think polls are inevitably going to tighten at least a little bit, right? Like, like folks are going to drop out, you know, it's, it's going to, at some point, you know, uh, Trump's going to be up by less than 20 as opposed to what he's up by now. And so does him showing up at a debate at some point after sitting at least the first one out, is that weakness? Is that, is that, uh, seem to be the, uh, uh, you know, a crack in the armor that he deigns to show up at a campaign uh, debate when he didn't earlier. But I have to say, Melissa, um, I thought it was great that Fox News didn't center him in in the debate. Uh, obviously, his presence was felt, but there there weren't a ton of references to to Trump in the first 45 minutes or so. There was a question about an hour in that did, and we'll play a bit of uh, that exchange. But I thought it was, I thought it was honoring of the candidates. And I thought, you know, these are the, this is the first time that this campaign season that voters get to hear from these candidates. Um, Let the candidates introduce themselves outside of just responding to Trump. So I, I actually appreciate the way that the way that uh, Fox News uh, handled that. W- what we're going to do is we'll we're just going to play some clips and talk through it. We'll, we'll give some general impressions. Uh, 
but but let's play some clips and then maybe we'll we'll close with some general takeaways. Melissa, uh, what do you have with us to start? So I'll start with one of the most viral of of the clips. Um, one of the running themes of the debate was Vivek Ramaswamy basically getting under the skin of most of the candidates and uh, making statements, answering you know the moderator question, the moderator's questions, and then other candidates just sort of jumping on him. And finally, uh, former Governor Chris Christie just had enough. He was so annoying that I half expected Amy Klobuchar to come out and well, throw something so at that, him just so out of the stands. Yeah. You said to me when I finally got home, is for whatever reason. Vivek's stance or role in this debate feels like Pete Buttigieg, and now there's a bunch of stories out about how. Yeah, I was way ahead of this, uh, and so you know now it's like a take. But I mean, check the reels. Check. Uh, we did a live thread of the debate, so live in the moment. This was. This was. I'm not saying others couldn't have arrived at it and independently. All I'm saying is, yeah, no major Buttigieg vibes. Not. They're 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 different, but what they have in common was this sort of like this sense of uh, entitlement to be there, and the and the more seniors uh, politicians uh, being very being very that. disdainful of that. So that's the primary way uh, I mean it, um, and it was pretty. Uh, I, I I don't. I don't think uh, Vivek is is going to have staying power in 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 this race. Um, uh, I think people who think that that he's going to keep on climbing, I could be wrong, but I I think his cap is basically at about fifteen percent, maybe eighteen, um, and and that's it. But Melissa, let's let's play this clip and. Let the people hear it for themselves. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. The climate change agenda is a hoax. More people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate change. Governor, hold on, hold on. I've had enough. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama, and I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. Okay, so first of all, how dare you bring Barack Obama uh, into this? Uh, <laughs> leave him out of this. Yeah, yeah, leave him out of this. Uh, second of all, you know, Chris Christie you know, entered this race saying he was going to bring the fight to Trump. If Trump doesn't show up, he'll... he'll He's going to call someone yeah, ChatGPT. he'll go to the back. Yeah, he'll call him. <laughs> <laughs> that is... I mean, it is just good. Um, I just uh, want to say, <laughs> with Chris Christie, that all of that was just extremely on brand for him. But I also want to say with the whole pledge thing before, there is no way that Chris Christie is going to no abide way. by that pledge. And he did. He did. He signed that thing knowing full well. There was he's a not question. There was a question in the debate about, you know, what if Trump is found guilty and 
and and I think Asa Hutchinson and I think Christie, although don't quote me on that, said that they would not support Trump if that came to be the case. Which, you know, brings the pledge into into question. Uh, like, what does what does that even mean? Um, so, so yeah. So I thought that clip was 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 interesting. It is a snapshot into. There's no way to capture the role that Vivek played in the debate without. You really kind of need to have seen the debate in terms of clips. What I can say is. He is, uh, he is like a a creation of online debaters. He's he's he is he is testing the notion of whether someone who took an ivy drip of like Ben Shapiro, you know, could go from. No public office whatsoever. No indication that he's interested in public service. He didn't vote in the 2008, 2012, or 2016 presidential election. So he's not. He's he, he didn't even vote until 2020. Um, but but this is a test of whether someone who has sort of you know, he, he criticized talking points a number of times, but he so clearly has talking. I mean, he's just yes. so clearly uh, sort of an online debate head. Um, it did cause him, you know, I do think some of the things that work online, that work when you're controlling everything about how the message is communicated, that it can fly. Um, but you know, the Republican Party has changed uh, quite a bit. I still don't think the Republican primary electorate is, is like, going to take all that well to someone calling for revolution, um, uh, which which he did numerous, numerous times. And we'll play another clip later on, but he, he was leaning out over his skis, to say the least. Quite a, a quite a few uh, segments of this debate, M- Melissa. Any any thoughts? No, I just want the next clip that I'm playing is just a sort of juxtaposition of that that ex- that sort of heated sort of childish exchange. Yeah. Here's what the American people deserve: is a debate about the issues that affect their lives. Going back and forth, being childish, is not helpful to the American people to decide on the next leader of our country. Number one, wait a second. And number two. As a kid who grew up in a single-parent household mired in poverty, I wondered, was the American dream real for kids who were devastated by poverty, devastated by the challenges of life? I came to the conclusion that America can do for anyone what she's done for me if we focus on restoring hope, creating opportunities, and protecting America. If we want the environment to be better, and we all do, the best thing to do is to bring our jobs home from China. If we create... 10 million new jobs in my Made in America plan, we will have a better economy and a better environment. Let me tell you why I say that, Brett. So that was, of course, Senator Tim Scott uh, breaking in on a question on climate change that literally, like, no one answered for, I mean, like, three people spoke and didn't answer the question. Uh, The exception being Nikki Haley, who pretty skillfully answered it. 
I like that clip because I think it shows the the problem that Tim Scott had in this debate, Melissa, which is um, he came to play a, a role in the debate that was so predictable, so what you would have expected him to play, that he didn't really break through because he tried to play that role in, I think, inopportune moments he was he was very much trying to fit his biography and his sort of message of of hope in odd moments and i think it was a missed opportunity what i would say is uh, go back and watch donald trump's first presidential debate go back and watch barack obama's first uh first primary debate uh it's 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 very early. A bad debate could knock out someone who's in eighth, ninth, tenth. Um, uh, but uh, but but I, I, this isn't a knockout debate for for Scott uh, or anyone else on the stage, with the exception. We'll see what what Asa Hutchinson and Doug Burgum do. But um, but but Scott's going to learn lessons from this, and we'll see if he's able to to apply apply what what he's learned. But it was not a great a great night for him. Melissa, any any comments on the clip? No, I I'm in complete consensus with you on how his team has. It's about to... time, <laughs> about time that I got okay. easy agreement in this uh, household. No, because. You know, getting anybody to sort of maybe get up, give him a first look, a second look. I yeah, I'm not sure that this debate did it, but I think that he does have more cards up his sleeve. Uh, I will say one weird thing. Uh, the first question he got was on was oddly on on welfare, like what's his response to Democrats' welfare policies, and I thought that was. That was a pretty questionable, questionable choice, and and I mean, he's used to talking about these kinds of issues. But you, you, I did kind of watch it, wondering if he considered for a moment just pushing back on on on, on the question. Um, but but that I wonder if anyone else uh, thought that that was. Uh, uh, an interesting choice by the by the moderators to direct that to him, uh, uh, but yeah, let's move to the next clip. I think this is a interesting one, and I I guess before we do that, I will make like a uh, this debate. So we played a couple sort of uh, more trivial clips to start, and certainly, especially in the first like twenty five minutes, there's a lot of nonsense. Um, but people will often ask me, like, should I watch the debate? And I'm like, you know, you don't have to. Um, uh, some people will say, well, I wasn't going to watch it. But then I remembered, like, what would Michael say? And I'm like, oh, no, don't don't assume what I would say. I mean, a, a presidential primary debate in, in August uh, when votes don't take place for, you know, almost half a year. I'm not, you know, I, 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 there might be other things that you could do with your time. But what I will say is this debate did have several exchanges that were truly substantive and where you, you where you, you, 
you truly got to contrast that if you're thinking about, if you're a Republican or you're in a state where you could vote in the Republican primary and you're thinking about uh, uh, who to vote for, I do think there was real information to be had from from this debate so long as you're able to sift through some of the nonsense. And so that that's a, just a general comment I'd make, which was, which is just, again, that, yeah, there's a, you know, presidential debates are not uh, perfect, by, they're very far from perfect in terms of actually uh, promoting sort of, uh, you know, democratic discourse and, 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 and education, but this this debate delivered on on some important exchanges, I thought. But Melissa, uh, what what do we what do you have for us next? Yeah, so we we've talked about a, a few of like a few of the candidates so far who you know had some interesting moments. The two that we haven't talked about yet are Vice President Mike Pence and Ron DeSantis. With Ron DeSantis, you know, so far continuing to poll second. Um, there's an exchange that happened with regards to Mike Pence's role on January 6th, and the Fox News moderators were trying to get DeSantis to answer the question of, you know, basically... Like, do you support what, what, Mike, Pence what did Mike Pence did yeah. on that day and afterwards? And uh, this is the moment when Mike Pence jumps in. Yeah. What do you think Vice President to support and defend the Constitution of the United States? I think... I, I think the American people deserve to know whether everyone on this stage agrees that I kept my oath to the Constitution that day. There's no more important duty. So, so answer the question. The thing. I've, I've answered this before. So yes. No, why are we? He, Mike, Mike did his duty. I got no beef with him. But here's the thing: is this what we're going to be focusing on I'm relieved. going we forward? Will. The yeah. rehashing of this? I'll yes. tell you, Governor the DeSantis. Democrats would love that, we and they will win if Governor we let DeSantis him get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess with, with just speaking previously to Senator Tim Scott about, you know, the very first debate in August, you know, more than a year uh, ahead of, you know, 2024 and, you know, the first primary, the caucuses in Iowa aren't until January. It's the same kind of feeling, especially for DeSantis that I have in that he was so hesitant throughout this entire debate and sort of looking around and trying to very openly get a lay, get a feel for the lay of the land uh and i bet his team is very much working on him being so transparently open about sort of looking hesitant looking to see what others are doing um and the ability to sort of dodge questions uh yeah his skill level there is not 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 yeah well i mean there. I, yeah i mean i think if I had to, to put a positive or, or, or put a strategic reading on it, I do think his 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 game plan is to. He's got a huge war chest. Um, it is to just maintain in this race until it gets, you know, December, January. Hopefully some others drop out. And so, you know, the anti-Trump vote has to consolidate around around someone. And then I think he'll 
not attack Trump, but just make a case that Trump can't win. But if he starts making that case now, if he's successful, it might push off. It might turn Trump voters away from him. And so I think DeSantis doesn't want to be in the place of prosecuting the place against Trump, but someone else getting the votes. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, just throughout this night, he was very, very sort of, very hesitant. Um, there, there were a lot of people looking for him to sort of like assert dominance. And if that's the standard, then he clearly failed. If the standard was, he's been the clear number two in this race since before he even hopped in, uh, and like his goal is just to maintain that and not do anything to mess it up, then I think it was a success for him. Uh, now, Mike Pence, he had the most, he, he had the most mic time in the debate. He was very assertive. Uh, it was, I mean, I'm not saying anything new here. He is just sort of like a blast from the past. Um, my friend Pete Wainer used a great term to describe uh, describe Mike Pence. Uh, Pete said he's full of pseudo gravity, and isn't that right? Isn't that like I told Pete? I'm like that is just precisely, precisely the term. Um, it constantly feels like the Independence Day speech might yes, come out of his mouth. Yes, a hundred percent. Or at least like he thinks that's what is yes. happening. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. You know, I do think Mike, I do think the former vice president did acquit himself like well. Like, I don't think the debate hurt him. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a bit of a bump out of it. Uh, and he certainly was able to orient a lot of the conversation around him, sometimes pretty desperately. He did keep on saying, I'm the most prepared. Like, it, there was a sense of, Hillary Clinton-esque entitlement, except for the fact that when Hillary Clinton was was using those lines, she was the front runner, and, and he is polling at like three to five percent. Um, so so it 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 comes off. I don't think it came off that well when when Hillary Clinton was running in two thousand eight. It it certainly didn't uh, didn't come off or twenty sixteen. Uh, it. it I, I think it didn't come off as well in a different way for, for the former vice president. Uh, all right, let's get back to Vivek. And yeah, because the next two clips yeah. feature um, former governor, uh, former UN ambassador Nikki Haley. And the first clip is more so on foreign policy, of which Nikki Haley has a lot of experience and it shows that Vivek not only got under everybody uh, on, under all the other candidates uh, skin he also got under Nikki Haley's skin you really you kind of foreshadowed Nikki Haley's comment there let's see if others pick, pick it up Mr. Ramaswamy you would not support an increase of funding to Ukraine I would not. And I think that this is disastrous that we are protecting against an invasion across somebody else's border when we should use those same military resources to prevent across the invasion of our own southern border here in the United States. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to address each of those right now. This is 
I just have to giggle. The you have no foreign policy experience and it shows. Oh, she was incensed. Yeah, no. It, and we haven't talked about Governor Haley yet. Her next answer will show this. Um, you know, this may not be her, her moment. Uh, the Republican Party may not be uh, a party that is... Uh, that is conducive to her her candidacy, uh, but I will say, just in terms of raw political skills and just diligence, she is a remarkable talent. I mean, she her her preparation for this debate was head and shoulders above everybody else on that stage. I mean, it it was just very clear that she she did her homework in ways that no other candidate did she she was focused in a way that i don't think any other candidate was again that 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 may not sort of uh carry the, the day she may not have even won the debate um but she is a remarkable political political talent but let's let's play this final clip and this is we're not going to be able to play the whole exchange because it, it it went on for so long, and this is one of the most substantive parts of the debate. And it was it was the conversation about different approaches to abortion. Uh, let, let's let's play the clip. I am unapologetically pro-life. We need to stop demonizing this issue. This is talking about the fact that unelected justices didn't need to decide something this personal because it's personal for every woman and man. I'm going to stand on the side of life. Look, I understand Wisconsin is going to do it different than Texas. I understand Iowa and New Hampshire are going to do different, but I will support the cause of life as governor and as president. Can't we have a minimum standard in every state in the nation that says when a baby is capable of feeling pain, an abortion cannot be allowed? A 15-week ban is an idea whose time has come. It's supported by 70% of the American people. Don't make women feel like they have to decide on this issue when you know we don't have 60 Senate votes in the House. 70% of the American people support legislation but to ban abortion of the after Senate a baby is capable not. of experiencing okay. pain. Yeah, so I, I do just want to make clear, obviously, that was a compilation of excerpts from that yes. exchange. So that wasn't a straight sort of uh, recording from the debate. I, 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 part of what wasn't played there was Governor Haley in her answer, and she was the first person to, to speak to this, she, she rattled off. I believe she was the first person to, to speak to this issue. Um, she rattled off like seven or eight policies that get like, you know, 78% support from the American people pretty, uh, in, in, a, in a pretty compelling way. What it showed me 
And, and I think the fact that she was having a discussion with Pence here allows me to, to make the point. I don't think... Well, let me st start with Haley. What's clear about Haley is that she used the early stages of this campaign extremely well in terms of testing her, her message, of figuring out what she wanted to say. Again, she may not... She may not win it's very unlikely that she will win but it's just very clear she's someone she knows the message that she's bringing to this race pence on the other hand he spent he had every opportunity uh to figure out what his line was gonna be how what his approach was gonna be and i still don't get the sense that he really he really has figured it out that he really knows how to take credit for everything that he wants to take credit for from the Trump years while also not supporting his former running mate. Um, and so so I, I think that's one thing to say. Second thing I'd say is just, um, uh, again, I said this a bit before the clip, but just what a, you had real live there were so many fake arguments from this debate and presidential debates generally. You know, uh, Nikki Haley attacked everyone who ever had to vote on a federal budget for voting for the federal budget, uh, just taking advantage of the fact that she she never had to take votes like that uh, as as governor of South Carolina. Vivek was saying that everybody else was bought and paid for because he's never been in public office before. Uh, so there was a lot of like insincere stuff, but this exchange uh, was real life stuff, and the positions that these candidates take, like it, it has it has real political and and policy consequences, like which which direction the Republican Party goes in. Um, so yeah, Melissa, any any comments? No, I I, I feel I feel like you've covered it all. I mean, hey, I if. If I had any recommendation and you didn't watch the debate or you're specifically interested in this issue, um, Haley's entire answer where she couches it all in that she wants a consensus approach, I've just never seen a politician be able to speak to this specific issue in any kind of debate setting where she has an idea and she's she was able to succinctly, clearly plain English, compelling, based on evidence, based on stats, give a, you know, a rundown of what she means by consensus and why it makes sense and why, why her stance works. It was just honestly, like, that's the kind of answer I think that will be played in university classes on debate politics in the future. Yeah, no, she, she knew the moment was coming and she, she had the answer that she, she felt good about about giving. Um, I think that was our last clip. That's our last clip. That's our and last there, clip. I mean, there's a bit of polling that's come out from you know uh, three different polling outlets uh, post debate. You know, the day after, and so far there's nothing there that's, that's a lot really of noise. Really... I want to take any of it too seriously. Yeah. The one interesting thing is uh, Nikki Hick. 
Uh, inside our advantage has Nikki Haley making a significant jump. It has her at 11%, which is higher than I think she's ever been in a national poll. But there are two other polls covering the same period, basically, that uh, that that don't show that jump for her. And so I'm it's, a little, it's the I think it's a lot of noise. Size. The, yeah. the insider advantage was around 800 people. And then Morning Consult had about 1,200 people and New York Post had 1,800 people. So the sample size would have, was a bit smaller with insider advantage. Yeah. So, you know, again, uh, one thing I don't know is how many eyeballs, how, how many people actually watch the debate. Yes, so the New York Post actually asked that in, in their questions, and they have it at, I'm just opening up here, they have it at 55% of their yeah, responses sure. didn't even see any of it. 15% said, yes, I watched it all. 15% said, I watched some, but not all. 16% said that they just saw a few clips on social media, and then 55 said, no, I did not watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this is... You know, I'm, I'm not sure this will determine uh, t too much. I do think this is more like a getting the lay of the land thing, which is why Ron DeSantis spent the whole debate looking around, looking to see what other people were going to do. It's <laughs> very uh, true. Yeah. All right. That is all we have for this episode. I mean, do we want to do... I mean, I think we basically we basically covered it. I mean, I think, right, the, the trope, the the... The answer that people are giving snidely is that Donald Trump won the debate, which, you know, there's like some merit to that. But to be a little less facetious, uh, you, you know, I, I do think um, I do think DeSantis had a stronger night than people that than sort of political watchers think he did. Mm -hmm. I think I think I think there's such like a meme culture around him like people who are heavily online have been watching videos of him two second clips of him being awkward at events and so i think like people are reading a whole lot more into his posture like his f facial expressions than 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 i think the 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 average uh, uh you know audience audience member is i mean like this, this guy. He he may not be ready for the national stage, but he he is a pretty significantly successful politician. So like, all, all, I think people are getting a little too hubristic about sort of sort of uh, uh, mocking mocking him. Uh, we've been very clear on this podcast that he has not run a a, a good campaign from the beginning, um, but. I think folks are getting a little overboard. So I think DeSantis, uh, DeSantis didn't do anything that I that would bump him out of second in 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 my view in in that debate. I I do think Haley had a had a good good night. I'm, I don't want to take that poll uh, to want to take it with a grain of salt. But I'll be interested in the next week or two to see if she gets some more other positive remarks, particularly in these early states. One thing I'll be watching, and we, we'll talk about this. We've talked about this before. I want to see South Carolina polling. Yes. Remember the primary within the primary. Still, I've been talking about this for now months. No one is talking about it <laughs> that I've heard. Uh, so listeners, you remember one of the most significant 
aspects of this race is the contest between Tim Scott and Nikki Haley. And voters may never have a direct say in that contest uh, because I think it would be wise for one of them to drop out at least before South Carolina, but uh, uh, probably before Iowa. Um, and so their teams will be watching uh, the polling in South Carolina in particular, you know, very closely. Um, so uh, Haley had a good night. You know, Burgum, we've talked about Burgum, Melissa. Um, I thought he had to make more of an impact. And, and uh, I think he, it was a, the debate was a missed opportunity for him. And for Scott, he'll learn from this, but this is, he, he can't have another debate performance like he did, like he did uh, here. So, those are just some top line, top line views, uh, and we'll next debate is in a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before that, we'll have the ranking. And before that, we'll have the ranking. Uh, I don't believe that there's a pasta debate that we'll be able to, you know, judge our pasta rankings off of. We're gonna have to go off of uh, a different set of set of information. Um, but but our next. Uh, mainly, GLP ranking <laughs> will be informed by this debate. Yeah. Mainly a pasta debate is in the form of you put some pasta in a bowl and it's covered in sauce and it's like one of those like mud pit fights. <laughs> That's quite a, it's quite an image, Melissa. Uh, <laughs> hope you uh, have a great Sunday. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Where We Are. We are the wares. Bye. Yeah, I still wanna turn up. All I want is to go again.